0: Welcome to The Greenhouse Athens, a podcast from The Greenhouse Church in Athens, Tennessee. This season, we're focusing on hearing stories of people saying yes to Jesus. This week, we'll hear from Eric Ennis, youth pastor at The Greenhouse, about how MYCG got started and what God is doing in and through our high school students. What is up, everybody? This is James Howard McGuire from the Greenhouse Church. I'm the worship pastor, and I'm sitting here with our youth pastor, the one, the only, Eric Innes, everybody. Dude, what's going on, man? Big hand clap for Eric. Um, This is our kickoff to season two of the podcast, and we're focusing on what we're calling like greenhouse stories, where we're interviewing people, we're hearing stories of God's faithfulness, of people saying yes to Jesus, uh, of going on mission journeys, or starting uh, ministries, mm-hmm. um, and maybe just saying yes to Jesus for the first time, um, just from their own personal testimony. And so I'm excited about that. Um, Eric is gonna get us started um, this season talking about NYCG. Mm-hmm. Um, he'll kind of unpack what that is. If you're new to Greenhouse, you might have no idea what that is. And even if you've been coming to Greenhouse for a while, you might have an idea, but um, maybe you can get some clarity on what in the world all these t-shirts are that say NYCG and all <laughs> these teenagers that run around every so often. So um, that's right. Yeah, man. Um, excited to have you on. This is our first podcast ever mm. where we're mobile that's on the great. road. We traveled all the way to Eric's house. It <laughs> yes. took me about six minutes to get here. So yeah,
1: yeah. Coming to you world. live from Bertie's little gymnastics room, um, her little bar and wedge mat. Anyway, <laughs> um, so yeah, man, NYCG McMinn Youth Community Group. Uh, this started, I guess it was yeah, it was 2016, um, and we had just I had I had just started up this new program at McMinn. Uh, called McMingos International or MGI. And uh, we had just taken our first trip to Ecuador and the Galapagos Islands. It was so awesome. It was about 55 kids, 12 adults. And, um, you know, this is not actually, this is probably the perfect time for a long version of the story, but I'm not going to tell the long version of the story. But uh, our our um, local guide on the tour was having some like major relational issues with his fiance. Like I think if I remember correctly, they were engaged for like two or three years. And then the day before we got there, she just called off the wedding and then just disappeared. And like she said, I'm kind of done. And so he was just one day we were um, boating over to, the Isabella Island, and he was just like visibly distraught. You could just tell he was not himself. And so we just started talking about scripture um, and and his faith. And he was kind of like, yeah, I mean, I guess I kind of believe or whatever. And it just kind of began this conversation uh, about Jesus. And some of the kids kind of jumped in on the conversation and we kind of just talked about what he was going through. Anyway, so we ended up about three or four nights later having a Bible study and uh, just kind of sang some worship songs and that kind of continued on to a bus ride. And so... After this whole trip, there were some youth that were like, man, it was super cool how we had this like... You know, group, community Why? because so many different kids and so many different churches were represented. Um, and so it was like this kind of, lots of different people from lots of different places having this, you know, group Bible study. So some of the kids, when we came home, were like, man, like, why can we not do that more often here in town in Athens? Just this wide-open invitation to this community-based, I don't know, community-based youth group. And uh, so that started... I think a month after we got back and we didn't have a name or anything. It was just like, hey, come be a part of this like community-based youth group. And that, that was how many years ago? That was 2016. Okay. So like July, we got back in June and then I think the next month we met and so at the time it was just like once a month mm-hmm. and then as we kind of gained some traction momentum it became like every other week or so so twice a month and we met different places uh we met at the school at one point in time and just kind of jumped to different locations and then it was after maybe about two years we started uh meeting weekly and having series and then graphics and all that and of course we got the name McMen youth community group which is what you're seeing when you see the logo of MYCG. Um, So had a lot of amazing leaders from, you know, six years ago till now. Now we've got Ashlyn Brown and uh, Hannah and John Rich and Chase and uh, Chase Toomey and Melina Taylor and my wife and I uh, and, and some fantastic leaders of the past as well that will show up here and again and blow us away with some crazy worship
0: i don't know anything about that
1: i know you don't but um man it's been a lot of fun these last six years and a few months have been a lot 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 of fun
0: yeah so one super cool thing that maybe you've heard maybe you haven't is that we um or rather that nycg started what uh a year and a half two years prior to the greenhouse starting and so um you don't hear about that a whole lot, I don't think. And so it's been cool to see. um, I know firsthand that there have been families that are at Greenhouse right now because of a high school student that got involved at NYCG or maybe they had you as a biology teacher and you invited them to something one night. And so, um, yeah, yeah, I love that it's more than just like, you know, oftentimes we see a model of like, if you can get the parents there then you know they can bring their families but it's like and, and a lot of times these high schoolers are like getting their parents to come to church and i'm not just talking about people that might have been involved in a church prior like i'm like yeah people that were not attending church maybe not even it. jesus followers yeah. that are now getting involved I've I think that's awesome.
1: Well, and I think, too, um, it really speaks to the greenhouse and the vision and leadership there um, because it's pretty risky to do what greenhouse has done, to adopt this youth group when very few fingers are going to point back to greenhouse. Like, if it was greenhouse youth, um, you know, if you like what happens at youth group, then guess what? Come to the greenhouse because all the leadership Mm -hmm. is a part of greenhouse. And so, um, you know, it, it... that's That model has worked and works all over the country, all over the world. Um, and, and again, and that one makes sense um, from a, even a financial standpoint because the church and the youth group are kind of one, and so one kind of feeds the other. And so this was really cool for Greenhouse to go, hey, we're going to fund, like majorly fund this program regardless of how many or if any of the NYCGers actually come back to Greenhouse or, or bring their families, their parents, or whatever, because we believe in the mission of this group. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was really, really, really cool. And like you said, of course, it has worked out, I think, um, because some families who were not going, um, or maybe going somewhere, but not feeling that they were being fed and growing, have found the greenhouse, but that's not the goal. Like the goal was never, hey, let's find like a unique under the table way of getting right, people right. to our church. Uh, it really was this genuine, um, I-, I think, uh, desire of the church to find ministries that were working regardless of who gets the credit. We hope that Jesus gets the credit and fund it. If someone shows up on Sunday mornings to greenhouse because of MYCG, great. If that doesn't happen, we believe in the mission of NYCG. Yeah. So yeah. That, that's been really cool to see.
0: Yeah, and I I love that it started, like you said, not at some under the table way to, to get people involved at Greenhouse per se, but it's like, uh, I think about this movie that, I haven't seen it in a really long time, but for some reason, this quote stuck out to me. It's called Robots. It's like an animated movie. I don't even think it's Disney. I don't even... Yeah. I, 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 I couldn't even tell you. I know you're you. talking about, though, I think. I couldn't even tell you the plot line, but I remember <laughs> this line from it that was just like, see a need, fill a need, is like mm. something they kept saying mm-hmm. as like a teaching point. And um, mm. yeah, I, I love that because that's exactly how NYCG started. Like, yeah. you saw a need. You saw these kids that were not being engaged with the gospel and with community. And you guys were like, let's step in there and let's do something.
1: And I think um, in case you don't know, because I know that uh, maybe some parents are listening who's maybe your kid comes to NYCG and maybe you haven't heard this story um, or the vision behind this group. But the reason we didn't do greenhouse youth uh, or, you know, have a specific youth group is because, we know that a lot of people um, out in Athens have a church that they're happy with on Sundays. Like they're content, maybe maybe they've got family connections, or maybe they just enjoy the experience, they enjoy the relationships that they already have there, but maybe there's not a youth group experience for their kids Um, And so we, again, kind of a a part of the the mission behind MYCG is we didn't want to create Greenhouse Youth and then make the kids feel like, well, to be a part of Greenhouse Youth, I kind of have to decide, do I stay with the church I'm happy with or that my mom's happy with or my grandparents are happy with, the one I've always gone to, but then I don't have a youth group experience, or do I switch over and put the pressure on the family to have to make this decision to switch over for me and for my youth experience? No, no, no. So now you don't have to do that. Now you can stay at whatever church you're happy with on Sundays, but then on Wednesdays, you can come be a part of MYCG, And I hope that is kind of... Um, created some peace and comfort in trying to decide, well, I like my church, but I want a youth group experience. Well, you can have both um, with with NYCG. And so uh, we also think that sometimes it can be very intimidating to walk into a sanctuary or auditorium where you don't necessarily know anybody. And I'm not saying this is wrong, but there's something about you know, dressed up, people sitting in pews, like this kind of standard church experience, it can kind of feel intimidating. Mm-hmm. And maybe, uh, I don't want to say that churches aren't welcoming, but it can feel that way sometimes, yeah. um, just that perception. But hopefully walking into a living room where everybody's just kind of, you know, kids, like wearing, you know, just athletic clothes or whatever, and there might be a snack on the table. And, you know, so it just feels warm and welcoming. And I just we just think that maybe it's a, we use that word, it's kind of churchy uh, jargon now, but uh, like this on-ramp, it's kind of an easy yeah. on-ramp um, to discovering Jesus. And uh, and so that's, yeah, that's kind of the background and, and uh, meaning behind MYCG.
0: Yeah. And I, something we say a lot in our like trainings of community group leaders and stuff at the greenhouse is that we want and you probably heard this from stage, too, if you if you come to Greenhouse regularly, but that we want everybody that comes through the front door of the church to have a living room to walk into throughout the week. And what I love about mycg is like, yes, that's true. But also, like, we want you to have a living room to walk into high schoolers, mm-hmm. even if you don't come to the front door of the church, yeah, you know, that's right. So I uh, yeah that's and,
1: amazing. And don't we kind of feel like, and I'm not saying this is right, this is probably bad, but don't we kind of feel like there are certain things that can come out in a living room that might not feel as welcome to come out in, you know, in an auditorium or sanctuary. And not only that, like even the time, it's really hard when mm-hmm. there are 150 people plus in a sanctuary. When is when are those times going to be where you can share a question or thought? It's just hard to do. Totally. Uh, yeah. So that's kind of the benefit behind community groups, really in general. Yeah. Um, it's it's such a big part of the greenhouse dna um looking at like hey there are a lot of great things that can happen on a sunday morning but there are a lot of things that can't happen sure. in a gathering uh, in a worship setting like that and so gosh community groups and just living room gatherings of 20 people plus mm-hmm. it's just it just offers something that a sunday morning can't yeah and, and I, vice versa is true too
0: sure yeah and i i mean even like i was there i was at nycg this past or sorry not this past week with the week before. right? Um, and I don't know how many kids were there, but there was probably 50. Mm-hmm. Like there it was like everyone was shoulder to shoulder <laughs> in this house and um, it was awesome. But what I love is that you even run into that there where not everybody's being engaged even with 50. Right. And so I love what you do a lot of times where you break them up into groups and yeah. like... You know, we, I think you divided them up into grades and we, we discussed the questions. And last uh, night we
1: split by genders. So we had guys and girls. Oh, so we tried to change it up.
0: Yeah. No, I love it. That's super creative. And we, even in my, uh, uh, my wife and I lead uh, a group on Tuesday nights. Which, and, soft
1: plug, the Howard, the McGuire's, oh the Howard's. That's what happens, man, when you have James Howard. Man, I, sometimes, my
0: whole life, man, my, yeah, my <laughs> parents have, yeah, they, they've been called Mr. and Mrs. Howard I'm like, like, I'm since gonna, kindergarten. I'm so. the,
1: yeah, I'm going to call Mary Beth, Mary Beth Howard going <laughs> forward. Uh, but the McGuire's and the Toomey's, um, have started a brand new community group that meets on Tuesdays, hey, six yeah. to eight, six 30, six 30 to eight thirty, and, yeah. and is it at the lot, li- your house line or the where? Liners. At the yeah. liners. So if you're looking for wow. a community group, Free he didn't tell me to do this, but, uh, man, some great leaders there. And <laughs> I've talked to families that have said they absolutely love it. So show up at the liners, oh, six thirty wow. on Tuesdays. Anyway, mm, sorry, I interrupted.
0: You. No, that's good. Um, yeah, but, but sure you give
1: me that five dollars. You promised me.
0: Yeah, seriously. <laughs> but no, I uh, where I was going with that is that we uh, even run into that with our community group these last two weeks of like there being, you know, 20 plus people there. Mm-hmm. And it's been really good, but it's also been challenging to like I can't like, I can't have a conversation with 20 people in two hours, you know, especially when we're in a, in a discussion for a long time. So anyway, I'm, I'm thinking about doing something similar to what you've been doing because it's cool to get them into like these smaller, I would call them like family groups almost to, to, to discuss things, to get to know each other and that sort of thing. So.
1: Yeah. It's hard for voices to be shared when there are 20, 25, you know, plus people in the room Yeah, and it's easy for people to hide. And, and also you kind of run the risk of, I mean, they didn't even notice I was there. Yeah, Like, they, like they didn't even... So, um, and, you know, it, it kind of puts us in, in community groups that are larger, like, like y'all's, um, in a position where, like, man, how do we engage individuals when there is a large mass of people? Uh, and so, yeah, breaking into smaller groups does kind of hopefully offer a, just a moment maybe or a five or 10 minute yeah. period where, where that can happen a little better. But even still, you know, you break up in the grades, you've got an incredible senior class. I think we've got 25 or 30 seniors and so Mm -hmm. even when we break up into you know classes it's still easy for us not to engage every individual but anyway uh it is it has been really 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 cool um especially in this new series that we've been jumping into this uh dnui
0: Talk, talk about that
1: yeah man um so we've we are doing something that's pretty risky uh and uh I you know, and I know I could probably say this about every series when I first started, but this is probably the most excited I've been about any series that we've ever done. But we're calling it duns, nuns, ums, and n's. Duns, nuns, ums, and ns. And not the N-U-N nuns, but the N-O-N-E-S nuns. And uh, you know, the, those terms, except for Ns, I just kind of made that one up, but the Duns, Nuns, and Ums, those are becoming kind of more mainstream terms to describe people. And, uh, and maybe how they view faith. And it doesn't have to necessarily be the Christian faith, but you will hear duns, nuns, and ums kind of more commonly uh, in regards to Christian faith. But um, so obviously someone who is a, a nun is, uh, have I been saying duns, nuns? It's nuns, duns. Mm-hmm. I don't know which one I've been saying first. But, but, we're,
0: but we're not talking about like, Sister Act, right. right? No, no, no. Yeah. It's N O N E S. Yes,
1: N O N E S. Um, but nuns, duns, ums, and ins. And um, so, so nuns would be just people that have no faith at all. They're not really open to the faith. They've never had it before. Maybe they, you know, they're, they've let's say they've heard the gospel and they're just like, no, thank you, not for me. Duns would be people that have heard it and maybe have believed it but now they don't. So it's, you know, close relationship between nuns and duns. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the ums. And the ums, I think probably, not probably, um, some a lot of the kids have actually claimed, hey, I'm, I'm probably an um. We've had, actually, when we divvied out some note cars and had kids, just be honest, uh, that we had people that said, I, hey, I'm a nun. Hey, I'm, I'm done. I, I'm an um. And we had some people that said, I'm an in. Um, but but a lot of our group said, I'm an um, and an um is, I've got faith in Jesus, I've, you know, I'm 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 somewhat at least bought into the Christian faith, but there's something holding me back. There's, last night we kind of referred to these walls, these walls that are kind of in between me and Jesus, in between me and like a fully bought in faith in Jesus, and, and those walls could take a lot of different forms. So, you know, some classic ones, and, and some of the kids came up with some I hadn't even thought of last night, but some classic ones are like, man and and you know I, I know these are hot topics but this series is all about engaging real questions and not just going after, you know, the VBS stuff, like the classic situations that are really comfortable and easy, but we wanted to really dive in and step on some toes, not for the purpose of stepping on toes, but just like, where are your real questions? Not your censored VBS questions, but where are your real true questions um, that high schoolers want answers to? And we're not probably going to give you answers. We're just going to give you a place where we can have conversation and have, you know, discussion about your questions. So some walls were like, man, what do you do with the LGBTQ situation? What do you do when, you know, you read in Scripture, hey, it looks like like, God's um, design is not for man to be with man or woman to be with woman. Like, what, what do we do with that? What do we do with the fact that God seems to be masculine in Scripture? Like, what does that mean about females? And, you know, what do you do with the whole evolution and the science conversation? What do you do with, like, they're endless. Like, we a uh, big question last night was, like, who actually goes to heaven? And what happens to the 90-year-old who chooses to follow Jesus two days before he passes away? So like some of these big questions, these kids and likely, you know, you adults and you parents, these are questions that we all have, you know, we all have Mm -hmm. and people have had for millennia. Some of these questions are age old. But we just thought, man, we're not gonna be able to solve these problems, but having these conversations and opening this thing up for dialogue and opening up scripture and seeing like, okay, so what does it say? And what could it mean? Let's look at context. Look at culture. Uh this if you can't tell, this whole series is really based on doubt. What do we do when doubt creeps in, when these walls that are, you know, kind of blocking our faith, full belief in faith, Mm -hmm. fully becoming in? That in is like not necessarily I have no doubt, but whatever walls that have come before me, I've I've uh, conquered them through, you know, maybe something God has shared with me. I've uh, gotten resources that have allowed me to feel comfortable with all of these walls, but I'm in full pursuit and full committed and uh, full commitment to Jesus. Um, so like, but every one of those categories has an element of doubt. We're mm-hmm. all going to face doubt. So what do we do with that? And And how do we uh, resource ourselves and equip ourselves to answer the answer the walls that are coming because they're coming. If you haven't reached a wall in your faith, either you haven't been following Jesus very long, or maybe faith isn't something you take incredibly personally. But they are coming. There are a lot of tough questions out there, and so this series nuns, duns, ums, and ends is just designed to open up space to have the really, really tough and kind of dangerous conversations that kids want and need to have.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely need to have them because I think a lot of times we, this is your stories of like these high schoolers graduating and never attending church again. They mm-hmm. go to college, they ask these questions and they get answers that probably are unbiblical in a lot of cases. Um yeah. And yeah. And
1: shallow too. Shallow, like sometimes yeah. instead of allowing kids to have conversations, we... um you know, we just give them a quick answer or something we read on a bumper sticker in a car we were driving behind mm-hmm. one time or something that our parents told us that kind of made sense to us. So we just kind of threw them a quick little nugget. I think I said last night, I think one of the best things we can do if kids are thirsty is like, don't give them a quick shot of Sprite, like this obey your, you know, this will yeah. quench your thirst and then that'll get them by until they're thirsty again. But then, you know, the Sprite provider is no longer available. So I think one of the best things that we can do if kids are thirsty and if you are thirsty is just pray that God gives you a cup um, and that God gives mm. you the equipment and the resources um, and the interest. And sometimes the thirst is the best thing you can have because it it draws you to places where there is water. Mm. And so I think providing that cup, providing the space for conversation, providing resources, and that can be, uh, you know, podcasts or books or or honestly just Lead, just yourself just you know a parent being available could be the cup because the moment we try to quench their thirst they might not ever they might not ever feel thirsty again so that mm-hmm. they take on the thirst themselves to go find water themselves versus you give them the cup you let them you know, kind of bathe in that that thirst, they will learn how to go to the water and go to the fountain to gain, uh, you know, what they need to quench their thirst. And so I think that's what we're really trying to do is avoid doing what, what honestly, maybe I've done and NYCG has done in the past, what the church has done in the past, which is trying to answer every question, mm-hmm. but these questions are millennia old for a reason. Like, these are really tough questions, and so we don't want to stamp out thirst and interest and curiosity. We want to provide a place where we can kind of engage in that, mm-hmm. equip them a little bit, and walk with them in their curiosity. Um, and so we, we hope that this series is doing that.
0: Absolutely. Um, all right, I'm going to put you on the spot. Please. So. Could you share like a story or two of of like a a particular student? It doesn't have to be recent; could be from years ago. Yeah, but just a a cool story uh, or two about uh, just some life changes happened as a result of um, you know not just mycg, but of of kids encountering Jesus as like through mycg.
1: Yeah, Um, man there um, there are a couple. Uh, really good ones that come to mind. Um I I know that um I'm not gonna name this person. Well I, I can give a first name. Her name is Ashlyn and this was probably the first major um like total life switch or faith switch because Ashlyn, this is gosh, this is probably first year, um, was pretty devoutly Atheist, I would say she might trickle over into that agnosticism realm. Like there's a God, and there's not really sure which one. Mm. Um, and I, kind of jumped into MYCg again early. Like we were very young, meeting maybe once a month, and then got connected to the church that we were part of at the time, Public Church. And within the next six or seven months, like she fully bought into the message of Jesus and the gospel, and mm. uh, and then got baptized at Public Church. And that was like really, really, really beautiful. And probably the first time, maybe in my life, I had seen someone uh, against or maybe just not aware of the gospel mm. and then completely uh, switch over to saying, you know what? This narrative is compelling. This narrative has appeal. Uh, it's not just, um, you know, I, keep, I hope I'm not slandering vbs's but like it's not just a vbs story or a cute little you know book that my parents read about noah's ark and like some walls came down because some people play trumpets but it's like a beautiful story about god's love and plan for redemption for us that she bought into and you know over the years from that point on till now we've had i don't know how many people choose to follow jesus but i think um this might be the place where i mentioned this mm-hmm. Because we talked about it last night. Um, That is not our only win. That's not our only thing that we celebrate at NYCG Mm -hmm. is just, okay, well, who makes the big decision? Who gets, quote unquote, saved? Uh, Because I think that really kind of narrows down um, the crosshairs on just a small group of people. And if you don't fit in that small group of people, then you don't classify as a win. For example, like, what about those people? There's one that actually just graduated last year who started out with NYCG as a freshman being agnostic Mm -hmm. and then left NYCG after four years being agnostic. Mm -hmm. So then did we fail him? Like was that a total waste of four years? No, I I don't think so. Or what about the person that that started already following Jesus as a freshman and then now they're still following Jesus. So did we waste their time too? Mm -hmm. And so we created this list of like 30 wins that MYCG would classify hey these are like these are big things these are big wins of course we all want every one of these kids to leave with a better understanding of Jesus and and you know fully committed to Jesus and of course we want those to you know don't believe in Jesus to come to MYCG and leave having made that decision but we also understand that, you know, the the metaphor of gardening where we might be planting seeds at this point. And, and you know, honestly, it might be a seed that doesn't even have Jesus' name on it yet, but maybe it plants a secular seed of some kind in the form of just like confidence or in the form of, hey, I've got friends, like I've got a community that I got mm-hmm. at MYCG. or maybe it's, this might sound crazy, but like, maybe I found a girlfriend or boyfriend at MYCG, and then I encountered Jesus through that relationship, or maybe I met Chase Toomey at MYCG, and then now he is my mentor in life. So we kind of created this, this list of 30 wins that we'd say, hey, we want you to follow Jesus, but in the meantime, Like if Jesus knows that nine years down the road, that's when you really commit to him, we're gonna celebrate the fact that like now, you were living in a lifestyle of sin, and you recognize that for the first time—that's a win. Or you are willing to be honest about, uh, you know, something that happened in your past that you've been ashamed of, but now you can vocalize that. Or maybe you're really shy and timid, even if it has nothing to do with your faith, but now you've kind of come out of your shell. Mm-hmm. Or I wish I had the list of thirty things right here in front of me. Uh, maybe. You never felt comfortable enough in your faith to share it with someone who doesn't know it, but now you have better background and, and you know, understanding of Scripture to, to take that message to people. Uh, and, and so there are 25, 24 others that we said, these are wins. Uh, oh, one of the big ones I think you kind of, maybe, was it you? I think you referenced this a second ago, uh, or maybe it was someone else last night that's all running together. But um, like we know the data. On what happens when kids leave high school mm-hmm. and go to college what is it nine percent ten percent of them yeah. will stay in the church and stay committed over the next four years and so like a big win is like them maintaining their faith mm-hmm. um you know long term and of course following jesus is one of our wins um, and so anyway, I, I could rattle them off if I had a better memory than I have, but, uh, but that's been kind of a cool thing is, I, I'm, I guess I'm kind of answering your question, like there have been people that have you know, made that decision and chosen to follow Jesus, but I think a lot of what we're doing is, is planting seeds that maybe we won't get to see the fruit of, and maybe it's, not, you know, maybe it's not fully committed, maybe they're not in yet, but maybe they started as a none or done, and mm-hmm. now they're an um. Or maybe they were an um before and now they're still an um, but maybe there's one less wall holding them back from becoming an in. An, an. uh, and so, you know, we've seen a lot of people say, like, I, you know, I had a lot of questions. I wasn't really sure about my faith. And to be honest, I'm still not perfectly sure, but I know where to turn. I've got leaders in my life, I've got mentors in my life, I've got friends in my life I can walk through these things with. I know there's a place now whether it's called MYCG or greenhouse, or frankly, even somewhere else mm-hmm. where they know this is a safe place where I can engage in conversations and ask my tough questions. Dude, that's a win, man. Absolutely. It's a win. And we have to, we, we hope and, and pray that, that God gives us more than 20 years or 15 years or 18 years in life. And so if we can plant a seed that God waters and nourishes over time, mm-hmm. that's a win.
0: Totally. Yeah. Um. All right, last uh, last question here. So we know that there's a, a cost to following Jesus and to saying yes to what he's calling us into. And so I guess first, I just want to say thanks for mm. for saying yes to, you know, seeing that need and feeling it um, for planning NYCG prior to us planning a church. <laughs> <laughs> um, and just for your faithfulness, man, and your creativity and passion and, um, yeah, I'm super thankful for you as a friend, and also to be doing ministry together. But, um,
1: well, and I also want to say this. I'm gonna cut you off right there right intentionally <laughs> because um, so much of MYCG is is built on the backs of people who are you know have been working behind the scenes or in front, you know in the front of the scenes in the scenes that didn't get credit for it. You know, like our leaders are just incredible, and they do a lot of things that you know, frankly, I don't like to do, you know, like there are people that go and get groceries and go and make mm-hmm. snacks. Uh, like the Bebs have taken on snacks for the last two weeks and Melina Taylor, like she has gone for years, literally years on grocery runs. And Chase has been not just, uh, worshiping and leading worship, but like he's been taking on youth. Like now for the first time, mm-hmm. uh, Chase and kids, like some of our seniors are leading worship, which we hope that's mm-hmm. something that that they can take with them to college and, and when they have their families and they will be leading worship down the road and like James Howard you and Mary Beth you gave us a lot of momentum in our worship scene and in leadership for y- literal years like you guys came and gave up your time and still are like you're just with NYCG like you said a week ago and you know you're helping us with retreats and uh, driving uh, a group of kids to ski retreats that I know you have you know mm. personal love for you just Skiing love to ski is so fun man. I know man you love it and like you know you're that like so, so, <laughs> 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 so like like you know, it's just there's so many moving parts, uh, so yeah. many people that have hosted us and supported us, and parents, like, let's be honest, like what you've done you've you've seen this group, you didn't know maybe any of us, and you it's meeting in some some person's home you might not know, and you've trusted the vision and and so, like there's just a lot of moving pieces and a lot of people that are involved in the success of mm-hmm. of this youth group um. And it's just it's just hon- honestly an honor just to be able mm. to kind of throw my name in the hat of this ministry and and uh, to work with people you know like like our leaders and like the leaders of the past. It just it could it physically could and I know this probably sounds like uh, this is just what you say to you know no 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 like <laughs> it, it, this physically couldn't happen without other leaders. Totally. It, like where we are today is because of the leaders that have made this happen because of parents trusting us. And so uh, I just want to make that very clear.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess, I guess my question that I was trying to land on is, do you regret saying yes at the Galapagos Islands when you saw this need and stepped into it? And, and again, I know that it's been costly in a variety of ways. Um, time being one. Sure. Um, but yeah. Do you, do you regret saying yes to that, to Jesus?
1: Man, you know, the answer there is, uh, I mean, it's an obvious no. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what else I would do. And now you can say, well, biology teach. That's what you've been doing for you know, nine years. Um, <laughs> uh, but man, since I stepped into this, it's kind of been like now that I know this is where my heart is. Because, be honest, six years ago I didn't know. It's kind of like, well, let's just do this because I know I'm passionate about it. Yep. But, but man, I don't know that I could do anything else now that I've kind of stuck my foot in the water and kind of sampled it and yeah. I've seen like what this what this does, and and you know if if I'm really bought into this, like the fruit that comes from it. Uh, We were talking about Matthew 13, the parable of the sower last night, and talking about like when you're in, which I didn't even mention, but (laughs) there is scriptural um, ties to this, of course. But like the four different soils that we see in Matthew 13, that parable, um, the fourth soil talks about the good soil. And it was, I think, I just realized this yesterday as I was driving to CG. uh, What's beautiful is it doesn't say, and then that good soil, the seed that landed on the good soil, it sprouts into this ginormous tree. This huge, beautiful tree that grew 20 feet, 50 feet and is the most pretty. No, no, no. It says, if you look at it, it says, and the fruit or the bounty was plentiful. And what's really cool, this mm-hmm. might sound nerdy and biology-ish, but It doesn't talk about the vegetative portion of the plant which is all for that plant like the stem and how big the stem and roots and leaves are Mm. because those are the parts of the plant that only feed itself but what's cool is jesus speaks about the fruit and what's cool about fruit is fruit is the only part of the plant that is not for itself Mm. it is totally for reproduction 100 percent because fruit has seeds in it Mm. and so it's so cool that like when the seed lands on good soil and we become in, fully bought in, like that's for us, we, we do get to grow, but the main purpose is to take those seeds and plant them for someone else. Yeah. And so like, I think once I really sample that and realize that man, that this is not for me, but this is like an obligation, one that I love, but it's an obligation that I have, that you have mm. for the people around us, for yeah. the community in Athens at large, but also beyond Athens, beyond where we live. Yeah. So no, I that's don't it. regret it. I I like I said I I can't imagine at this point doing
0: anything else man. That's so good. That's so good man. Um yeah, well, thanks for the time and and also uh, let me add too since you said uh you couldn't imagine doing anything else, he's not just blowing smoke like that was another yes that he said. <laughs> he he quit his biology job uh what in May and yeah. didn't renew his teaching contract and so um and again, you probably know this, but um Eric will be full time at the greenhouse. Uh, here in a few weeks in Dude, October. Like, yeah, like two and a half weeks. And so, super excited about that. So, you know, when he's saying, "I couldn't <laughs> imagine doing anything else," he's not going to be. I mean, <laughs> literally, this. I'm is, sure he'll have other things to do. Yeah, but like, um, but yeah, he's really putting feet to what he's what he's saying here. And and again, that was another thing that co- was costly to say yes mm-hmm. to because uh, I know you love teaching, and I know yeah. we're. Uh, you're probably taking a pay cut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah but, um, but yeah, man, thanks for, uh, for hosting us on our first yes. mobile podcast here man, in the basement. this has been fun. And uh, yeah, bro, um, if you don't care, could you just pray pray us out? For sure. Oh.
1: Um, Father, we, um, I say this a lot when I pray, I've noticed, but uh, I'm so grateful that we get to call you Father. And that's. I think mm. some of my prayers have just ended right there. Amen, you know, um, because that just automatically separates you from so many of these other supposed gods in history. Um, I mean, you allow us to call you uh, King and, and, you know, Savior, but you also have these personal names that we get to call you, um, like, you know, like Father and Abba. And, uh, and so uh, we're just so grateful that that is who you are, that you are love and um, that you are grace, and you are mercy, and you are a God that um, that you know ultimately wants to spend eternity with us, and that's 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 your heart, like that's that's who you are, and that's what you've put in us, and so I'm just I'm just so thankful, and I, I think every day I kind of wake up realizing. Man, it, it, God, you are not this this um, vindictive, military, uh, do this for me and then I'll see how I feel about you kind of God. Uh, you know, lay down on the ground and pray in this direction and sacrifice three goats and don't do that mistake again. And then I'll, you know, maybe forget. But like you are a God that understands what you've created. You understand uh, our human nature, and uh, and you love us anyway. You love us in spite of that, and I'm just so grateful that that is the God that I and that that we get to serve, and love, and and mobilize to to other people. It's mm-hmm. so much easier to sell a God like you than it would be selling any other kind of mm-hmm. uh, any other kind of God, because who is not searching? for acceptance and love and forgiveness um, and, and to be truly undeniably known. Uh, and so, God, thank you for being that kind of God. We, we love you so much. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: Amen. Thanks again to Eric for taking the time to sit down with me. And I want to encourage you to be intentional to look for needs around you and prayerfully step into those needs in Jesus' name. We hope that Eric's story will inspire you to step into what the Lord is calling you to. The link to our page on the Church Center app will be in the show notes. If you have any questions, please send us a message on Instagram or Facebook at The Greenhouse Athens. We'd love to connect with you. Thanks for listening.